0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Earlier this
1: week in New Hampshire at St. Anselm, There was a coming out of sorts for no labels and their effort for ballot access for a potential 2024 presidential bid. We've talked about it probably each day this week. Uh, You know, of course, that Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, former Utah governor and ambassador John Huntsman, were active in that announcement. And I played for you earlier this week, and I'm going to do it again now, a piece of sound that caught my eye as I was watching on C-SPAN, Pat McCurry. The former governor of the great state of North Carolina, he frankly laid out the clearest vision of what might unfold on or about Super Tuesday next year. Here's what the former governor had to say.
2: But the fact of the matter is, if by Super Tuesday that we see the final two candidates, frankly, being Donald Trump or Joe Biden and Joe Biden, the American people are saying loud and clear, and we'll measure that again again come Super Tuesday, right now 60 to 70 percent of the American people are saying we can do better. That's not the choice we want. Now, hopefully, by shaping the agenda between now and then, things will change. For my party, the Republicans, for Ben's party, independents. I mean, the Democrat, and for an Independent. That's our goal. But if it doesn't change and we do get on the ballot access, which we will, we will present a president and vice president, president candidate on a no labels ticket. We plan to do that. But only if we see we have an opportunity to win. And we're going to be listening to the American people. And that's how this agenda was formed, by listening to the American people. This is not our agenda. This is the American people's agenda. And is it about time that we listen to the American people to shape our nation for the future and for the next generation? We live in the greatest nation in the world. Let's don't take it for granted. God bless you, and may God bless America. Thank you very much.
1: This is Pat McCrory, the former governor of the great state of North Carolina. Governor, thanks for being here. So walk me through how it will actually unfold. Let's fast forward to Super Tuesday. Tell me how you see this playing out.
3: Well, we'll determine again. uh, Again, the only scenario based upon our surveying right now where a third party has a potential opportunity, is if uh, Biden and Trump are the two final candidates. Because I said, as I said in New Hampshire, 60-70% of the American people don't want either one, and they prefer to have other candidates. So if that continues after Super Tuesday, we most likely will uh, nominate another candidate. We'll have a convention with delegates in uh, April in Dallas, Texas, and we're going to have delegates representing every state. And we're going through that process right now. This has actually been much more of a grassroots effort than people give it credit for. We're in constant Zoom calls with people from all over the nation uh, where we discuss issues, where we discuss the process of getting on the ballot. And uh, I'm just very impressed with the maturity of this group. The, you know, It comes from the old Problem Solvers Caucus, which is still in existence and still having an impact. And I think it really represents people who recognize that our nation is so divided that sooner or later someone's gotta bring us together on issues that are just sitting on the sideline and no one's trying to solve them, for example, like illegal immigration, where, you know, the Republicans are saying we must have a strong border, the Democrats are saying we want the dreamers to be accepted. The American people are saying do both.
1: And yet, so it'll uh, it'll be it'll be the, the polling it'll be the polling data next march that's going to determine what happens if anything
3: primarily there will also be discussions i mean this is going to be a process this is not as you know in politics michael it's not a scientific process but we are you know we we started this thing from scratch and i want to uh just congratulate nancy jacobson and others who um, are i've really started something a movement from scratch and then Ben Chavis uh, is just a remarkable human being from North Carolina. He and I didn't know each other. How ironic that my predecessor the day before I became governor in 2013, uh, he was pardoned with a full pardon of innocence from my predecessor. I had to find the money to pay that, which we do in North Carolina. And since then we have become just extremely uh, respective of each other. And I consider him a civil rights icon And, and Joe Lieberman. Uh, uh Larry Hogan and others uh it's just a great group of people who love America and want to solve our problems and recognize where we have differences but also where we can come together
1: Governor I I know the data well I know you know the data well a CNN poll I I I underscore that it's a CNN poll so that this is not a a poll from you know the left or or the right, it's, I think, credible. Sixty six percent, two thirds of all Americans say a Biden victory would either be a setback or a disaster for the country. Fifty six percent say Trump would be a disaster or a setback. I don't know how those numbers get better as we progress toward Election Day 2024. So based on that snapshot, if that's where we are in March of next year, then this happens, right?
3: I would uh, concur with that uh, that anticipation. But we also know in politics things change. I never anticipated when I started to be a volunteer for the No Labels movement that we'd be at this point today. Of course, after January 6th, I wrongly uh, predicted that Trump would be out of the picture as a Republican. And I'm, I consider myself a Republican. I still consider myself conservative. But I never thought my party would continue at such large numbers to accept donald trump after january 6th so things surprise me but you know the same pundits that said are saying the third party doesn't have a chance are the same ones that said donald trump would never be president barack obama would never be president jimmy carter would never be president so uh, these are unique times uh, well the argument the argument that that i've made satisfaction with the two candidates
1: the argument that i've made to this audience and by the way largely unsuccessful based on our own daily polls and the telephone calls that I take has been let's all keep our powder dry and keep this option open I'm not convinced that Trump or Biden will be leading their ticket in November of 2024 but if it's the two of them why the hell wouldn't we want the opportunity for an option I hear from people, and I know you know of this criticism. David Brooks wrote a piece in the New York Times that kind of epitomizes this. It's the notion that this is really a great concept and, you know, God bless, no labels, yada, yada, yada. But not this cycle, some other cycle. And I respond and I say, if not this cycle, then when, based on the polling that I've just shared?
3: I've said the exact responses you've had. And listen, I've played the game. I've been played by the game. I know the game. I've been a governor, I've been a seven-term mayor, I've run for city council, and I just recently ran for the U.S. Senate unsuccessfully. I know the games both parties are playing, especially in the primary. They have to appeal to a small group of people in order to get through the primary, and that means they're stuck not solving our problems. Now we've gone from not just gerrymandered uh, congressional seats in states, including North Carolina— but it's almost as though we're treating presidential campaigns and Senate campaigns as gerrymandered seats because everything's done through the primary now. And there's, a, there's an institutional um, bureaucracy in, in Washington right now that's making a lot of money on this current process. <laughs> I know it. I've had, to, I've had to deal with them in campaigns, and they're going to do everything they can to stop another choice, and I just don't think that's right. So what and, of, what, uh, of it, it people, when, what of the argument from people now win?
1: what of the argument for people? And, they, you know, there, there are a lot of so-called experts who say all this will do if it's Biden and Trump and a no labels ticket. It's going to pull from Joe Biden. It's going to guarantee the election of Donald Trump. What's your response to that criticism or critique?
3: I don't think anyone knows at this point in time. I, I think it's foolish to say that. In fact, I could. I could present an argument it would hurt Donald Trump more. I could also present an argument that Donald Trump or Joe Biden may be the spoiler for a third party good ticket of two very well qualified people that hopefully will select and uh, that the the parties themselves may be might be the spoilers. Uh, But I think we're caught up into a system that George Washington warned us about. Um, And the system is breaking down and. The reason I'm in this, especially with Ben Chavis, and, and I feel very strongly about this, I've had to deal with political violence as a governor I, and as a mayor. I've had to call in the National Guard for uh, for people, anarchists, who were trying to destroy the city of Charlotte for two or three nights. And they were dealing with a political dispute. And um, and then I saw January 6th, which was a political uh, thing, and the violence directed toward the police and the building, and it's totally unacceptable. And we've gone beyond the civility, and I'm worried about the civility of our country, and I'm worried about anarchy. If we continue to have these divisions and people go around, the civility of our Constitution, the respect of the presidency, the respect of uh, the separation of powers, the respect of the Supreme Court, even when we disagree We have to respect these decisions and then work within the system to change them. And the two parties don't want to do that at this point in time.
1: Pat McCrory is the former governor of the great state of North Carolina. Okay, Governor, how about this one? I'm trying to run through all the criticisms and critiques and give you opportunity to respond to them. Something else I hear from people. Well, if there's a no labels ticket then no one will get to 270. And if no one gets to 270, then it goes to the House of Representatives. And in the House of Representatives, each state gets one vote. So the Dakotas get the same weight as Texas or New York or California. And today it's controlled by Republicans. It would be the new Congress that would make this call. But there's no way that Republicans or Democrats in Congress are going to vote for allow their delegation vote to be cast for a third party ticket. You've heard this one before, but what's your response?
3: Well, my response is you're right. We don't know what the majority is going to be a year from now, especially after some court rulings in New York and it could reverse where we could have a Senate Democrats in the in, uh, in the majority next time. I mean Republicans and uh house republic uh, democrats in, in charge next time we don't know but you know what this might be the perfect opportunity for a great compromise similar to what we had in 1787 where people actually go you know what why don't we work together and keep this nation together and and resolve this and our constitution provides for this and that's why i say we have to work within our constitution and respect the incredible document that was formed in 1787.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a state like yours. If if a plurality of North Carolinians voted for a no-labels ticket, so it doesn't get a majority, but whatever that ticket looks like gets more votes than Biden or Trump, because the way you've defined this, this, this is a mechanism that kicks in only if it's these two. Would the North Carolina Congressional Caucus get together and cast a ballot, their one vote, for someone other than whomever got that plurality in North Carolina. Maybe I'm naive, but I would like to think that the state, the delegations would honor the will of the people and whichever way North Carolina would turn out, that's what I would expect the congressional delegation to determine to do with your one vote.
3: I would expect the same thing.
1: Right. And 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 wouldn't would it be an appropriate
3: thing? I w- would wouldn't expect it... the same thing and I would expect some players to try to go around the same thing, just like where Trump tried to create new delegates. There would probably be efforts to change it, just like I've got efforts in North Carolina right now where I've got an elections board trying to stop no labels from getting on the ticket. Now that elections board having to be controlled by Democrats, but I think the Republicans are even cooperating with it because the Republicans aren't sure who this impacts most. But sooner or later, they're going to have to do what the law says in North Carolina. And the law is pretty clear on the elections board. And I think the law will be pretty clear on what's expected of the delegates from the, from the American people and North Carolina citizens.
1: What I envision is if if no label sticks with this and, and it looks like it's going to happen, then, then an appropriate question for any congressional incumbent or candidate for Congress would be What happens if no one gets to 270? Will you honor the will of of the state? Uh, And how will you then, you know, play a role in this process? I think we want people to be on record and to know how they would vote in that scenario so that you don't have a state that's red or a state that's blue, disavowing whatever the will of the people might be and and just resorting to their own party identification. I'm not explaining it well, but hopefully Pat McGrory understands what I'm saying.
3: I I agree with you 100%, Michael. Um, I I think that's exactly right. And um, again, this is where we start the process of respecting the Constitution. And it's a brilliant document. And I get so upset, you know, when, uh, you know, I was proud of uh, Mike Pence for respecting the Constitution. He's still paying for it today. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, we've had some courageous people in our country's history in the past to follow the Constitution, and that's the—it's a thin piece of paper that's going to keep our country uh, um, together. And we have a choice between civility and anarchy, and I, I'm picking civility, and, and so does Ben Chavis. we both, we both respected Martin Luther King too. We we both respect peaceful assembly, which is something we've gone against. It, it kind of reminds me when I was a young man. 1968. This is the closest to 1968, the last several years that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and um, we've got to start having these civil discussions. and And I, I'm glad to be a part of the team that's doing just that. The reaction we're getting is just absolutely incredible. I believe it. Yeah, I believe be- running for mayor or or senator or governor
1: <laughs> right but but by the but by the you know the media and the the so-called intelligentsia there's like such negativity it's it's unbelievable and my pitch is let's all keep our powder dry why are we making why are some among us wanting to make a decision today that that could foreclose a third option that we'd be looking forward to having maybe when we get to next spring uh governor thanks for being here i appreciate it very much Uh, Michael, thank you very much. Enjoy your uh, podcast and show. Thank you very much. Thanks. That's Pat McCurry.
0: This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM.
1: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
0: The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
1: Did he convince you? I I couldn't convince you earlier in the week. Did he convince you? By the way, in terms of just trying to put a little meat on the bones, well, what what exactly might be what a third party ticket would represent on the issues? Because I tend to focus on on the politics of all of this. No labels released a so-called common sense, you know, Thomas Paine-ish agenda earlier in this week. And they just published something where they say, "Okay, here's in very simple terms. Here's something that Trump has said. Here's something that Biden has said. And here's our idea. You know, for example, on Social Security, Trump, I will do everything within my power not to touch Social Security. Biden, I guarantee you I will protect Social Security and Medicare without change. The idea, fix Social Security now to protect beneficiaries from 24% cuts within a decade. Debt. Uh Trump, national debt during his term 19 trillion grew to 27 trillion. Biden thus far, 28 trillion has grown to 32 trillion. No label says, Washington has to stop spending more than it takes in. Congress has to vote on a debt reduction plan from an independent bipartisan commission. I like that. Remember Simpson Bowles? We never did get a vote on Simpson Bowles. Immigration. Trump. Why do we want these people from shithole countries coming here? Biden. 2022 saw the most illegal border crossings in U.S. history. No label. Secure the border. Attract hardworking taxpayers. Protect the dreamers. Had a conversation yesterday with a a contractor uh, who shall remain nameless, and and we were. I, I said to him, "This is a guy who who's been in business construction related for a long, long time." And I said, uh, "How hard is it for you to 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 maintain your workforce?" And he said to me, "I've got a you know a tight crew of individuals, many of whom have been with me for more than twenty years." And a story that I hear from others, it's impossible for me to hire. And then it sounded, you know, a little Mister Wilson-ish, like, "Hey, kid, Dennis, get off my lawn." But he said that, you know, the younger uh, job applicants they just do not want to work. He told me that in the time that he's been in business, which is probably thirty to forty years, he's never he's never been so. Uh, upset or uh, disappointed in the work ethic of young Americans that he's been hiring you know, year after year after year, but we're at the worst point. I'm expressing it terribly. He expressed it much, much better standing in my driveway. Young people don't want to work. They don't have the work ethic. And those who are coming here to tie this back to immigration are the ones willing to roll up their sleeves and and get it done. And yet there's such an effort underway to, to keep them out. Free speech. Let's see. Uh, Trump, the fake news media is not my enemy. It is the enemy of the American people. Biden, a federal judge, said that under President Biden, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth and is potentially guilty of the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. No labels ban social media companies, government institutions and political parties from censoring information unfavorable to them. I could go on and on and on. React to what you just heard. What is your receptability to no labels continuing? I'm not asking if you'd vote for a third party candidate. It's premature. But what what of the no labels effort to raise money, secure ballot access in case? I got on a uh, an elevator today. Outside the elevator there was you know, there was a, a glass panel and a key behind it. That's what I see them trying to create, an option so that we've got something to break if we need it.
0: Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS Sirius XM channel 124 and on the
1: SXM app. Thanks so much for these telephone calls in reaction to the conversation I just had with Pat McCrory about no labels. Uh, Spokane is where we'll begin with Rich. Rich, what are you thinking?
5: Yes, good morning, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. I, sure. You know, I appreciate your, your I appreciate your guest saying you know there there's certainly a bunch of what ifs and, and we don't know. The fact of the matter is, you know what, we cannot base the future of our democracy on what ifs and we don't know. Um, you know, we're I think we're at a turning point. And while I understand that folks don't like Biden because of his age, uh, and I understand that, I think we're at that point where we have to put policy over the person uh, or we're not going to have a democracy to, to worry about. And I just think that we don't or should not gamble our democracy on a bunch of what ifs.
1: Okay, but what does that mean relative to no labels and securing ballot access? You want them to stop in their tracks today?
5: I think at this point in time that if we um, again, I think we're just at an important turning point. I think the time to consider, uh, you know, a different direction, a different change in policy or that, you know, uh, comes at a different time. I just think we're at a dangerous turning point um, in our democracy.
1: Well, many many agree with you. When I've polled this on my own website, that's the mindset that wins. My, my own view is a little different. My own view is more of the, if not now, when. And we're not being asked to commit to this. We're being asked to keep that door open for them. Um, I'd love to see more choice. I mean, if, if if you've got two-thirds of the American people saying, my God, this will be a disaster for the country or a setback, then what better time might there be? I'm I'm still... Of the mindset, as crazy as it sounds, sitting here on, what's today, Friday, the 21st of July, uh, where you really don't have a serious threat to Joe Biden by any announced Democrat. I'm mindful of of RFK Jr. and what he's generating and not generating. And Trump in such a commanding position. Uh, It sure seems like it's these two, but my my gut is telling me that this could be, it's such a crazy cycle. It wouldn't be a shock to me if it were neither of the above. Uh, and if you ask me to explain, well, how does that unfold? I could give you different scenarios. I don't favor any one of them. Uh, while I've been on air today, the uh, the federal case for Trump, case number two, uh, has been given a trial date of, of next May. So you've got Alvin Bragg in March. With the so-called Stormy Daniels-related case, and then the other one coming in in May—that's a lot on his plate. A lot on his plate. Uh this is William in St. Louis. William, what did you most want to say? Yeah,
6: um, if No Labels is serious, they should get behind ranked choice voting. I mean, I would definitely vote for a, a third-party No Labels party if uh, I was sure I wasn't—it wasn't going to spoil it.
1: Yeah. Uh, no labels in tandem. I mean, rank choice voting works best when you've when you've got a lot of choice. If you simply have the, you know, the usual suspects, there's there's not much to be said for it. But I like it. I, I like it. V, you've got a unique idea from Brooklyn, New York. What is it? Hey, peace, good,
6: brother. Thanks for having me on. I most appreciate this. Now, I understand that you address your issues and what you're concerned about. However, I'm a black brother from Brooklyn, New York, and my issue is this racism thing. I never heard you say that they have a solution for racism because I do have a solution for racism. And the solution is ART, A-R-T. ART stands for a racism tax. A racism tax meaning when you know people are blatantly racist, hit them with a tax. Let the IRS collect that. And if they don't pay the tax, what the IRS do, they'll take your stuff. (laughs) So once they start taking your stuff... I think that's how we can deal with some of that racism.
1: Do you think that you and I can agree on what racism actually looks like and is? I mean, there are certain cases where, of course, we can say, well, that was an act of racism. But look at the controversy that's playing itself out with Jason Aldean, the guy with the video that was pulled down from the country uh, music uh, uh, network. People are saying that's racist. I don't know if you've seen it or, or know what I'm referring to. And others say, w- like, where's no, the racism? No, that- okay, look, look, that up. Yeah. And I, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, it's, it's an interesting concept. And thank you for the phone call. Uh, might be a little bit difficult in terms of uh, transaction. Mitchell in New Jersey, you most wanted to say what?
6: I most wanted to say that uh, I'd rather see no parties than no label. Uh, I think we need less. I think we the best thing that could happen to all of us would be to eliminate all the political parties. I don't think that they serve a, uh, a very valid or legitimate purpose. Uh, we don't ever discuss policies when we cut, when we talk about our, our political races. We talk about the horse race. I mean, you too. And you do cover a broad field of, of, of topics. I'll, I'll give you that. But. Um, but when we're talking about a political race, it's all the horse race, and this one's up in this poll, and this one's down in this poll, and all the personal invective that uh, goes back and forth. Uh, I don't find uh, – I find no labels to be really, uh, uh, you know, just kind of a phony uh, group. I mean, they're they're not providing any real uh, changes. They're, they're, they're picking their own candidates. They haven't given a position on anything.
1: I mean – I, I just, so I just you shared – But but wait a minute. First of all, we don't even know who their candidates will be. It's a little premature to say that they released. Thank you, Mitchell. They released a policy statement earlier this week. I just read a couple of blurbs to you from it. There will be a convention if this happens. I think he said Dallas next April. There'll be a whole nominating process. And, of course, there will be a platform by whomever those candidates might be. But how could there be more of a defined platform than there is today when you don't even know who the individuals are? Otherwise, you'd be writing a platform for candidates not yet named. Maybe it wouldn't be representative of their views. I guess I'm trying to say that their approach is the worst approach, except for any alternative. What would be a better approach? I must say respectfully that a lot of the callers remind me of, of people who have such a negative opinion about Congress and then, oh, my member of Congress. No, no, no. She's great. He's wonderful. You know, and we reelect like 95 percent of incumbents who run for reelection. Thank you so much for this interest. Make sure you're voting on today's poll question. I, I, I did yesterday and the day before talk about the IRS whistleblowers who testified before a congressional committee relative to Hunter Biden. Today at Smirconish.com, I'm asking you the amount of coverage by the mainstream media of all of those issues. Is it too much is it too little or is it just right?
0: Hear more of Michael Smirkanish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirkanish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is
4: America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president?